Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Screen Strong Families podcast, bringing you the best solutions for parents who are serious about eliminating screen conflicts in their home. This is Melanie Hempe joining you and welcoming everyone. If you are new, we are so glad that you found us and everyone else, welcome back. Today, we are continuing our interview with Olivia Bruner. Years ago, when I discovered my son had a gaming dependency, all y'all know my sad story around that, a good friend of mine asked me if I'd ever read a book called PlayStation Nation. And I will say that book was my best friend during the most lonely time of my life uh, when I was just dealing with so many questions and so many frustrations. And I just want everybody to know that if you are struggling with a gaming addiction or if your kids are addicted to their phone, one of the best things you can do is ask a seasoned parent what they did and what they would do different. And so Olivia Bruner is here today again to join us. Welcome, Olivia. Thank you for having me back. I am loving our conversation. Yes, me too. And I'm just, I'm just eating it up because, yeah. oh my goodness, I know the pain. And, and yeah. when I, you know, when I went through this um, and went through this fire, I call it, and kind of came out at the other end, you know, sometime you go through pain in your life and you just want to forget it, right? You just want to forget every detail. But with this, I promised myself that I would not forget any of the details because I want to be able to relate to parents that are going through the same thing right now because this issue is not going away. It is bigger than it's ever been. And we are thrilled to have you back to talk about the rest of your story, yeah. how you came to this calm peaceful home again and yeah. and the mistakes that you know we all make with this so welcome 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 let's start by by just jumping in okay you're leaving us on on a hook here the last time yes. we talked a little bit of a depressing one but that's okay we're going to the hope part yes we have to talk about what happened to Kyle and what happened yeah. in your home how did what did you do you you realized that all these things were you know, that he was becoming addicted. You learn about this whole gaming addiction thing that we covered on our last episode. So be sure and listen to that, everybody, if you haven't listened to that yet. But then what happened? What happened? So, yeah. So after we did the research um, and we came to the kids and we said, listen, we're, we're not going to, we took the gaming system away when we said we're going to take it away for a month. And then after the month, we came back and we said, listen, this is what we have found. We are not bringing it back into our house. Wow. And Kyle was the oldest and then Sean and then Troy was pretty young still at that stage. So mm -hmm. um, it was the hardest on Kyle for sure. And there was some very, very hard looks. And, you know, I promise you, I promise you from, bo from both of them, Kyle and Sean, I promise you we won't, you know, ask you anymore. We'll be very good. You know, they were making me all these promises. But. The good part was I knew that they can't keep those promises, no matter how good of kids they are, no matter how much they wanted to, they wouldn't be able to because of the drug that I was giving them in mm -hmm. gaming every day to use. So we said, it's not coming back. We took it away. Um, Kurt always says he's never played so many games of chess in his entire <laughs> life. <laughs> Other than those first few months, you know, every time, because we, we began to see withdrawals. Oh, I'm sure you did. But, but, you know, and, and I, everybody says, of course, and we totally recommend it screen strong that you've got to replace it. But 
but let's talk about that. But let's, before we talk about that, talk about just, cause I think it will just help people that are listening. Did you have like a breaking point? Did you have an aha moment? Did you wake up one day and say, ah, I get it. We, we have to take it out of the house. Cause some people really try to manage it. Like, did you go cold Turkey? How, how did, yeah. So I think our first breaking point was when we said, we're going to do the research and we said, we'll take it away for a month. Oh, okay. So you say you're going to do the research. But we told them just a month. We said, we're going to, we're, it's almost like your screen strong challenge. We did that. We said, okay, we're taking it away for a month and we're just going to do the research while we take it away just to kind of do a reset button. Got it. Then we'll retalk. So that was kind of our whole process. And the aha just got stronger and stronger as the stories poured in, as my friend shared about her son, as we began to read the research, we realized, oh my word, we're not going to be able to let this come back in the house. Mm -hmm. I don't want to um, be second guessing myself. I don't want to pass the problem on. I don't want to police it anymore. I don't want to feel compelled when they beg me to play some more that I should let them, you know, play. So Mm -hmm. we just said, we're going to go cold turkey. Now, when we did that, we were very, tried to be very kind and loving with them. We said, listen, you didn't do anything wrong. This is mom and dad's fault. We never should have brought this in the first place Mm -hmm. into our home. Let me Mm -hmm. explain to you why we went through the mistakes. We went through the research that we had found out with them. And we said, we're going to pay you dollar for dollar, every game system, every game and every, and the system, we're going to pay you back for that. Cause they had bought it with their money. Mm-hmm. Either bought it with their money or they were given it as gifts. Oh yeah. Right? You mm-hmm. know? So mm-hmm. we just counted that, that. So we went from very sad looks to actually pretty happy looks <laughs> huh. Okay. for about, for about 15 minutes, you know, <laughs> while they realized <laughs> okay. they were going to. They thought we're going to get some money. That's pretty good. Yeah. So we said this money can be spent on anything, any kind of real life activity, Okay. whatever you want to spend it on golf clubs, you know, one of some wanted to play golf. So he wanted to buy some golf clubs, um, whatever you want to play, spend that money on that's healthy and real. You can spend it on. So mm-hmm. that helped them not feel like, oh, I'm just such a terrible person. Right. Right. Um, it's not any different than finding your boys or your girls on pornography and blaming them. Right. right. It's not their fault that they are drawn to that. And that once they look at it, it's, or once they play it, it's hard for them to stop. So we just, we just said, that's enough. One big thing we did was they had always wanted a dog. And oh, I, oh, I, and you know, oh my goodness, what a yeah. wonderful idea. So that was really fun. So that Christmas, um, my husband was particularly the one who was against dogs because he just felt like they're never going to play with it. We're going to do all the work, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and just because that's kind of what happens sometimes, but it, it really wasn't, they wanted this dog. And so we surprised him that Christmas and we named the dog miracle because it was a miracle that dad said they could have a dog. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I, I really, what I was able to say is, Hey Kurt, we're telling them real life. How more, how much more real life do you get than an animal? You know, I mean, they have to care for it. They have to be responsible, but yet they get the joy from it. So, um, you know, really after that point on, we had no games. Wow. in our house at all. And it was only positive for the first three months. Very difficult. The first three months. Yeah. First probably three. the first three to six months, even. I mean, I can, I, I think you're changing a habit. You're re, um, shaping yep. the, you know, pleasure center in your kid's well, brain. And you think about it once your child is 14, a lot of his friends that he's picked, right. Are gamers. Yeah. So that whole conversations around how are you going to talk to your friends about this? You know, 
how are you going to get your friends to do something else than play video games? You know, what kinds of things can we do? We tried to have lots of fun activities at our house that they could play and do things. Yeah. We would plan, you know, activities. Okay. We're going to take all your friends bowling, you know, or whatever. Yeah trying to do real life activities. So um, I'd say three months were really hard. By the time we got to six months, it was so much better. Okay. And then by the time we got to a year, you know, we had everyone on board understanding why we did this and why this was a good thing. So this is a long game, everybody Mm -hmm. out there listening. This does not happen overnight and don't get discouraged because it it's you're, you're paying now so you don't have to pay later. And you know, you're not really paying. I mean, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I feel like, um, what you have to do is replace the activities. And we'll talk about that again here toward yeah. the end of this podcast. We're gonna talk about some things that you can do, but, um, but mom and dad, you know, it is super hard. Um, if you're going to make changes, I do also totally recommend cold Turkey. I know that sounds crazy. You can look at the screen strong challenge and get tips on how to do that, but it really doesn't work really well any other way. Um, but you have Reason to, is- is that research, Melanie? It's, yeah. it's the way the brain works. Uh-huh. You know, it's just like with any other addiction. If you don't go cold turkey, they're always going to get, you're just like giving them a little bit mm-hmm. and they're not going to, their brain cannot forget about it. No, right? and they're going to be so frustrated and, and you're going to be frustrated. They're going to be even more frustrated. And yeah. um, I hear that all the time, even from people in our Facebook group, that just giving them a little bit is worse than anything else we can do. Like it's, it's just makes it, worse because then they're always arguing about the time and everything. So I totally love that you did that. But I I also just want to say that, um, you know, it is so important as parents that we step in and fill that gap. And the gap is life, you know, right after video games, (laughs) because they don't know what to do. And they should, but that's part of the addiction is that they get stuck in time back from the point where they got addicted. So they quit developing. And what that means is they quit trying, they, they quit their ability to figure out how to be creative and how to really get other hobbies to interest them. And so it is our job. Now you're not going to helicopter this and you're not going to be doing this forever, but you are going to be doing it for a season. You're going to be piling kids in your car and driving to the bowling alley. You're going to be piling kids in your car and driving to the Sandlot baseball field. You're going to be probably cooking for kids. I mean, that's the one thing I noticed with our game free home is that kids are here all the time. And so we're feeding teenagers all the time and that's okay. In fact, it is priceless that we get to do that. We get the privilege of having their friends in our home and coming up with ideas and activities for them to do and to enjoy each other's company. So, but it is hard and your role changes because maybe you used to sit and read books and now you're, you're, you know, you're not entertaining them, but you're like driving them places or you're getting. Yeah. It's, it's really what's happening. That's, that's why, as we said earlier, if, if you start when they're young and yeah. you make this just a regular part of your life, yes, then it's not switching. It's not so much quote unquote work because it's just part of your daily life. Your kids know how to entertain themselves, yes. right? They know how to be creative. They know how to go out and have fun without it. But if you're starting later, which is why, of course, I recommend if you're listening and you have young children, yeah. just start now. It's so much easier. But if you're starting later, like we did, you're rebuilding those muscles for them. Yeah, they their muscles are weak in anything except for that gaming and screen world, and so you're helping them 
to rebuild them. And when someone first starts working out with a trainer, they have to have that trainer with them a lot. Mm -hmm. But then eventually they'll be like, okay, now I know what to do on these machines. I know how to get stronger. And that's what will happen with your kids. But when you do plan on making a change, you know, plan on, like you said, having a good bit of your time committed to that. Um, and it will be definitely worth it in the end. Yeah. And then they'll be off and running before you know it. But um, what we're talking about right now fits in perfectly with common mistake number one, which is, um, you know, starting young. So let's tackle this. We're going to go through some common mistakes. I think these are really helpful. And I'm very excited to hear your wisdom around all this. So the first mistake is starting um, young. Yeah. I mean, it's so easy. Just don't start young. If you start young, <laughs> I mean, it's like, if I would have known, I mean, honestly, I would, I would say if I just would have known not to introduce and just to have, be strong in my no and, mm -hmm. and to feel positive about that because children who become accustomed to junk food lose their appetite for healthy eating and children who become accustomed to mm -hmm. screens and video games have no appetite for anything else mm -hmm. and any other recreation. So just if you start young, I mean, really, if you think about that early stage of childhood, your, your kids want to please you. They want to do what you think is right. Mm -hmm. So they will just, they'll go with you on it. You know, mm -hmm. you won't even get a lot of pushback. Right. And then when you get, when they get older, the pushback is going to be minimal because you already have developed that strong relationship with them and those strong reasons. You're not just saying no, you're saying no, because I love you because I care about the way your brain develops and because I know the research. So you're starting those dialogues early and they know that you're doing it for good, for their good. Yeah. But the mistake of starting these games when they're young, it's when you start this electronic entertainment world, um, it is going to be so hard to undo. I think that young brain is, it's very malleable, of course, but it's also really hard to undo the, yep. the cravings and the, these, um, dopamine inducing, you know, activities. Um, so it's, you just, yeah. And I think sometimes people think, oh, but they're only four or five years old. What is the big deal? I had a question the other night when I was doing a class and the dad raised his hand and he said, you know, what about it was some kind of a math game for his five-year-old. And I'm like, it was on an iPad and I'm like, oh, I'm just cringing. Cause it's sort of like a gateway. What you're doing is you're saying, um, here, let's give them a screen and, um, they're going to have fun with it because those games, I don't know if they learn anything in those math games. I, I really don't think they do. I have a lot of math professors that tell me that they don't, but even if you think they are, they, they'll learn it so much better off of a screen and you're giving them the taste. You're, you're giving them by giving them that screen young, you're just giving them the taste of, uh, that gateway, you know, drug. Yeah. I always say that, um, no one's going to go to college playing a math edition game, yeah. right? But <laughs> at the same time, what are they going to college with if you're going to progress and keep giving them stuff, yeah. you know? Right. And there's very few educational games that are out there are that are 90% educational and 10% game. Yeah. It's usually flipped. It's 90% game yeah. and 10% educational. So if you can find that one, which they're very few, but they're out there that are really mostly just the actual learning part, you know, sure they're not going to want to play that well, no those clearly. are the ones they're not getting addicted to trust exactly me. they don't even want to play those that much you know that. you're gonna have to say play that you know yeah um so there's just a big difference that you know yeah yeah you can look at it right now and say they're not going to play this in college but what are they going to play if we keep fulfilling that that, right. that dopamine 
screen time. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And you have to be the parent and you have to go do some reading and research and edu- you know, educate yourself on what all these games are about. Cause it is about the, not only the time that they're spending on it, but of course it's about the content as well. Yep. So starting young is always a big mistake. So mistake number two is, um, oh, I love this one. Creating easy access. <laughs> Yay. Oh yeah. And our, and back then, honestly, this was much easier to control um, because we didn't have phones and pocket iPads and all that kind of stuff. But I was reading over this and I, I put in the book, creating easy access, four out of five children over eight year old, eight years old own a video game system. I think it's actually probably five out of five now. No, I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think every kid, whether it's on their smart TV, their, their handheld device, their smartphone, their console, yep. everybody has a video game. So it was interesting because my husband took our 10-year-old son to get his eyes checked. And the eye doctor, just a couple months ago, and the eye doctor said, so if he's complaining about computer or video games but not homework, then his eyes are probably fine. And, and Cody goes, oh, I don't play video games. Aww. And literally the look on the doctor's face was like, he didn't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he'd ever had a kid look at him and say, I don't, a 10 year old and say, oh, I don't play video games. No, you know? I know it. Isn't that something? And um, that's what made me realize that it's not four out of five. It's, it's, it's five out of five. Right. Every house has it. So that's how, um, that's how counter counterculture you're going to be if you make a decision to not have it in your home. Yeah. But the easy access thing is so hard now because kids have it in their rooms. They have it in their bedrooms. They have it in their bedrooms. They have it, um, you know, for us, it was the basement in Colorado. We had basements. So that's where the gaming system was. Yep. Only because I didn't want to see it, yep. you know. Because <laughs> it's ugly. Again, coming out of my mouth is terrible. But yeah. I didn't want to see it. You know, I didn't want to have to deal with the noise and all of that. I'm like, that's good that they play down there. But then what would happen was I would be saying 30 minutes be making dinner, but then I was getting all this work done and 30 minutes turned into an hour, turned into an hour and a half. And believe me, they did not run upstairs and say, oh, mom, my half an hour is up. <laughs> you know, your kids didn't never, do that. Come on. <laughs> they were never going to give up that time. Whereas if it's in front of me, you know, even if I would have said, you can have a half an hour, but you're playing right here in front of me, yeah. I would have said, get off in a half an hour. Right. You know, so the easy access thing is huge. Well, one thing about this is when um, I've told parents before, I mean, I, I agree with you. We have a game-free home now. There's no way I'm going back to the way our life was before. But I'm not saying that if you're out there, I'm not going to judge you if you have a video game in your house. Of course, I'm not. I've, right. I've made more mistakes than anyone listening. Um, but what I will say is if you do have a system, if you have a gaming console or any kind of system, I would keep the box that it came in. I would box it up every time, you know, after they're, they play with it. I would go put it up in the attic somewhere where it's super hard to access because what happens is during transition times when your kids come home from school or when you get on the phone call or when you're trying to make dinner, that's just the default thing that they'll do if it's sitting right there. I went into someone's house actually one time and they had game controllers literally hanging out of the wall in the den. And I thought, no wonder your child is addicted to video games. It's hanging here, right here in the den. So even on our TV remote, a lot of times I even take our TV remote and I just put it somewhere so it's not right in the den. So it's not just that default thing that you just naturally want to turn on the minute you walk into the den. I put books out and we have puzzles in there. So it's um, creating this zone where it's going to be very purposeful if you if you're going to have it. It's not going to be out all the time. And in fact, it's going to be hard to get to. Yep. I totally agree. I used to say to people, treat it like a board game. 
You know, mm -hmm. you wouldn't play life every weekend because right. you're going to get tired of it. Just, you know, hey, if you want to have it, same thing as you, Melanie. I, I would never go back and change our decisions. But if you are one of those parents who's like, you know what, I, I'm, I'm happy with my kids are doing fine, then you can leave it. But I think most of us don't feel that way. Right. Um, and so if you're going to have it and you go, hey, we're going to keep it, get it out once a month like a board game, mm -hmm. play it for an hour as a family or something or whatever, however you want to do it, and then put it in a box and put it away, mm -hmm. not, not to be seen again for another month. Believe me, then their brain's going to be able to forget about it. Right. I know one yeah. of my dad friends that I met um, a couple of years ago at a workshop, um, he said he would have to take the game system and put it in the trunk of his car. Like it, that's <laughs> where it lived. And um, they would only be able to get it, whatever. Anyway, I thought that was kind of brilliant. Um, but Excellent. I know that y'all yeah. just threw yours away, right? When you were done yeah, with we it. Did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we actually, um, we, it, you know, what was funny is we actually gave it, we threw it away. We literally threw it away. But even our son was like, well, why don't we sell it? I'm like, no, I can't. <laughs> like, I Drug just, money. <laughs> are you kidding? <laughs> exactly. I said, here, I've learned everything. There's no way I can sell this to another family and feel even decent about right. it. And I know that sounds extreme, but yeah. when you dig into the research, you feel, you know, you just that's feel right. very strongly about it. And when you've experienced what we experienced. That's right. You know, yeah. So No, that's why you're my hero. Cause when I read <laughs> that, I was like, yes, yes, I totally agree. Throw yeah. it away <laughs> quickly. Away. Let's quickly get it in the trash um, <laughs> before anybody changes their mind. Um, okay. So mistake number three. Okay. This is one of my favorite pet peeves. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, yeah. Using video games as a reward. Big mistake. And Big mistake. so please don't turn off the podcast right now. If you're listening, I know that this is super common and I used to do this and, and I just, just try to have an open mind and listen to Olivia. Okay. <laughs> Tell us why. All right. And that's good that you said that. Cause this is exact, this is probably the biggest mistake we made mm -hmm. other than not easy, easy access in the basement. Yeah. We just bought into the idea of use it as a reward. And it, it worked. Yes. It worked really well. And I'm like, this is great. Yeah. And it wasn't until we did the research that we realized this is like that, that um, idea of, okay, so you use it as a reward. What you're doing is you're wetting their appetite basically for what they get so that they will do everything else just to get their reward. Mm -hmm. So you're still, you're training their brain that basically when you do these other things, what you're thinking about and what you're doing them for is to get to that video game. So you're doing all these other things so that you can get to this where then they lose the joy, you know, right. in what they're actually doing. So that the worst thing to do is to say, um, you can have a, you can have it as a reward. I, I began just telling parents, Hey, take it away from, don't ever take. And the other thing is people would take it away from them mm -hmm. if they did something wrong. Oh, right. use it as a punishment. Yes. And I, that's the other big mistake that goes with this mm -hmm. is because basically they're learning that I'm going to do, be good and have virtue and do the right thing so that I can either not get it taken away or get to play Right. where we want to teach them to do good and have virtue because it's the right thing to do. And it's the best thing for them and for their Right. Who they are as a person. So, well, what um, I what I realized with the gaming as a reward when I stepped back and really thought through, and this took me a number of years to figure this out. So, again, if you're listening, listen. Th this is we all did this, right? We yep. we all use anything 
anything that works basically for a reward, we don't really think about what we're doing. We're just trying to get some kind of behavior from our kids. And, um, but what I realized is two things. Why, why would I reward, use the reward or why would the reward be something that was addictive? Like I thought, wow, how could, how, why was I doing that? Right. And then the second thing is rewards should be things that we value. Yeah. And yeah. that really helped me when I came to that realization. Um, cause I kept thinking there's just something wrong with this. Like, why am I, why am I using this as this carrot to dangle, you know, over their head? And, um, then it hit me. It's because I don't value it. And how else can I teach my child what we value in our home if, if I don't reward what we value? So we value time with each other. And mm -hmm. so that's why I think that this is such a really bad reward because it works against you in so many areas. And um, Well, and you think about where do they use this reward system the most? They use it in laboratories with rats. Yeah. And with animals, yeah. you know, because you're 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 really um, catering to their very basic instincts, yeah. which is if I do this, I get this. Yeah. If I do this, I get this. Right. Which in life, it doesn't work like that. No. Like you work, no. <laughs> you know, you work long, hard days and get nothing. Yeah. You know, quote unquote, no one feeds you this little thing at the end of the day except for the. You, what you get is the feeling of, I worked hard. I today. worked hard. And, yeah. Yeah. But not only, you know, I mean, there's so many things that are wrong with using gaming as a reward. And again, I, I'm very sensitive to this because there's so many people, but that have done this, but, um, think about rewarding. If you want to reward your kids, maybe they read 10 books or something, or you have a list of things for them to do and they do it. And Hey, let's work toward a reward of something we value. Like I said, like time with, with people. That's the yeah. reward is time with people. So maybe if you do something and you want to motivate your kids um, to do something, then you say, okay, then we're going to camp out in the backyard this weekend as a family. You know, we work toward things that we can still have rewards, but, and I agree with you too, Olivia, that not everything needs a reward for crying out loud. If you're having right. to reward your kids for doing homework, <laughs> right. there's some other problems right. there maybe, but I could see how some short-term things are good, but just think about rewards in terms of, things you value in your family and uh, generally time with other people work really well. So, um, yeah. you know, time I think rewards are good. I agree with you a hundred percent. And I think that the problem with the gaming is it's so often it's so do this little thing, you get to game, do this little thing, you get to game, do this little thing. Oh, and then your so kids easy. start negotiating with you. Well, mom, yeah. I'll clean the toilet if I get 20 minutes more on my yeah. game. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. This is all backfiring. This is yeah. not yep. working. Exactly. Yeah, but you're right. Reward systems for the positive are amazing, and and that is part of real life, right? When you work hard, you yeah, you get a promotion, you get this job, mm -hmm. you get this accolades from your boss mm -hmm. or whatever, you know. And so, then the opposite yeah. of this one is using it as a punishment too. Boy, that that is oh, that's not good either. That's not good for so many other things. Um, yep. So the, the whole gaming thing just doesn't work for rewards or punishment. So yep. that's a mistake. Just take it off the table. Just, take it off just the table. remove it. Yeah. yeah. So mistake number four, allowing just one more level. <laughs> <laughs> when asked to shut off the video game system, oh my goodness, how, we've all done this. Yeah, so much so, which is why it's a mistake, you know, um, because everybody falls into it that plea of please, I'll never forget the first time Kurt went downstairs. I would think I was calling the kids for dinner, come for dinner, they didn't come, come for dinner, they didn't come, 
So finally, Kurt walks downstairs and says to the boys, you know, mom called you for dinner twice. I know, but we just have to finish this level, dad. We can't. Oh, they said, oh, we can't. We can't come yep. yet. Yeah. And he's like, why can't you come? Right. Because we're not done. And he goes, yes, you can come. And he went over there and just unplugged it, you know? Yeah. You can come. I'll make you uncome and unplug it. But, you know. Oh, he was so, the hero that day. Yeah. But, you know, for me, he was. I was like, thank you. Yeah. Honey. Yeah. But they, they can't. They truly feel like they can't. It's that sense of responsibility. I'm, and you talked about that earlier. You know, I must finish. I must conclude what I'm doing. And we easily get sucked into that. Yeah. That's a game hook. That's not mm-hmm. real. parents they're not saving the world they think they're saving the world but they're not and they think it's so important but um the other thing about this mistake allowing just one more level love this mistake i made this mistake so many times um the the one thing about this is when you do just allow the one more level scenario to happen in your home and they don't come when you call for dinner because there's one more level you're creating this platform where you're allowing your kids to be disobedient and not listen to you. Yep. And yep. that's never good. That's a mistake. You, the, the game should not have that much power. Yep. And so by allowing the game to control your dinner time, you're giving the game way too much power. Yeah, that's good. And they shouldn't be lying to you either. And yeah. frankly, we have a game-free home now for our youngest kids. It works out beautifully. I I mean, I I just wouldn't live any other way. Um, But we also, you know, we don't give them smartphones either right now. Um, They won't get a smartphone while they're in high school. And part of the reason is I just don't want them to lie to me. And I know they will. Like, I know they're going to still lie about some things, but I don't want to give them more things to lie about. And that's kind of what's happening. Like you said, in the first um, episode of our podcast here with you, that your friend you know, the, the, the young man that you talked to said, Hey, this was the only thing I lied to with my mom, you know, wow, that's a mistake. Don't give your kid the only thing that's going to cause them to lie or to be disobedient. Right. That just goes to show you how powerful it is on their brain that they can turn off how much they know they don't want to lie to you or they don't want to be disobedient. And just in a split second, make that decision of, I want this so badly that I will. Yeah disobey or not, or not, or not tell you the truth and go against your bond with your family, you know? Um, and that's basically what happened with my son. He, he emotionally moved out. I mean, you know, that was the biggest problem. That's what I realized down the road. Um, yeah, he had to, he had to, but he, yeah, yeah, he did because he, that, that pull was so strong. And quite frankly, I, I wasn't being a parent. I, I wasn't being his coach. I wasn't guiding him. I wasn't understanding um, the dilemma that we were in. I just didn't yeah. even know. I had to do a lot more educating of myself yeah. <laughs> and, and reading your you... book, of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so glad someone shared Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was worth it just for our poor family. <laughs> so, I love it. So love it. mistake number five um, ignoring your gut. And this is the final mistake that we'll talk about today. And I mm-hmm. want you to talk about this a little bit more, Olivia, because I, yeah, you think it's a big one. It's too, a big huh? one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think every parent has that gut. And I think the reason why we ignore it is because it's hard work. Mm. It's hard work for us. You know, um, it's like Dr. Dobson had a book, has a book out called parenting isn't for cowards, oh, you know, mm-hmm. and it's hard work to 
to, to discipline your children, right? And it's hard work to lead them in this character path that we're trying to get them in. Mm-hmm. And so I think the reason why we ignore our gut is because we're in that same kind of, we can be in that same lazy pattern as our kids, you know, where we're like, oh, if I, now I have to talk to them about it, then I have to take it away, then I have to mm-hmm. discipline for what they're doing. Um, and that's, it's hard work. That's why I did it for years. I want to be the fun mom. You know, I wanted to be the mom. I didn't, I'm not, my husband is much more um, disciplined than I am. He has that side to him. I have more of let's have fun, you know? Yeah. And yeah. and so we ignore our gut because we don't want to do what it takes to make a change, which is why if you start young, yeah, <laughs> it's just so much easier because you don't ever have to go there. Um, you don't have to even have the gut feeling, but, but when you ignore your gut, if you, if you have a gut feeling about it, you're right. Right. Just, just let me give you that positive courage right now to say, you are right, you are correct. And if you have that feeling that there's too much screen time, too much video game time, you're right because you're their parent and you you know what's best for them. And you're not being a scared, crazy and clueless mom. And the no. society out there, culture wants to tell you, oh, that you are. And yeah. I know I've been there. I've, I've listened to all that. Plus, you know, the other thing that I think Olivia people don't realize is that we have blind spots, you know, we're yeah. parents, we sure. do have blind spots. So we, we feel these gut feelings about something we get this nagging sense that maybe the, these screens aren't right, but we have a blind spot and our blind spot is around. We want our kids to be happy all the time. And yeah. so it's really hard to think that we would hurt them by taking their game away. So then what we do is we build and strengthen our bias around, oh, gaming is okay. Gaming's making my kids smarter. Gaming is helping his hand-eye coordination. Gaming is helping him have friends. Like we, then we go read things that kind of confirm those biases. And this is just kind of how the whole thing works. And, but the same time when all this is still going on, there is still this gut sort of sense that we have. Otherwise we wouldn't be trying to find articles that say that gaming is okay. And sure, you can find some articles out there that say that they're very opinion based and they're not really based like in science and in the MRI, you know, um, tests and everything that we have. But even if there were no articles that said that gaming was addictive, if this isn't working in your house, then follow your gut and do something about it and don't wait for all your peers to validate you because yep. trust me, they won't. Yeah. And no, I mean, true. you, you probably, I know I'd had plenty of my peers just kind of roll their eyes. Oh, Melanie, yep. this is just your, your situation. This isn't a real thing. You know, this is just right. an isolated event. And you know, when you finally get to the point where you really don't care what anybody yeah. else thinks, that's yeah. when you can make the real change. And I think too, sometimes parents might be at a stage where they don't, they don't feel like it's a huge problem, Mm -hmm. but they don't feel like it's really best for their kids. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think even that is telling you something. If this, if you don't feel like this is really the best way for your child to be spending his time, you know, then change it because they're happy to do whatever at that point, you know, um, when they're younger, especially they're happy to make different choices. Um, And so if you have the gut, then, then change it you know, don't, um, don't, don't ignore it. Yeah. Right. That's a big, big mistake. Um, ignoring that common sense and 
Oh my goodness. That that was, that was really helpful. I, I know when I went through all this, when I got your book years ago and read this, it, I read it over and over again. And it, it, it was like a friend because I didn't have anybody that understood that. And that, that's sort of another thing I want to say here at this juncture is that you've got to get um, some community around yeah. you and you've got to find yeah. a couple people and we're here yeah. um, of course to, to help you, but you've got to find a couple people that will um, be like-minded with you when you're making these decisions. And you know, when, when you think about it, Olivia, it is such a short time for yes, crying out loud. I mean, even the, even for high school, we're talking about yeah. 48 months. This is, yeah. this is and I, so short. And we feel like it's forever and it feels so big, but then you look back and you go, really wasn't that big. And it really, now that I look back, it wasn't that hard. And I will tell you, I, I think I need to close with this because my, I have a 30 year old now who's married to a beautiful wife and they have two beautiful twin boys. And his wife has said to me more than once, Thank you for taking the video games away. I would have a different life right now if you hadn't. Wow. I would be married to a different person yeah. because she knows, you know, she's, she's like, I, I know that that change then has made him help to make him what he is now. And then my second son, who was, I will say, honestly, wasn't as drawn to the games as Kyle was because Kyle is more that mathematician, that competitive yeah. type. He, when he went to A&M, one of the, um, he's applying for college. One of the prompt questions was, um, what would you, what would you, what is the decision that was made that you made in your life that you are so thankful for you? What do you think the best decision that was made in your life? And he's the whole essay was not a decision that I made personally, but that my mom and dad made, which was to take the video game systems out of our home. Wow. And that was his whole essay. And for him, it was about all of a sudden his mind opened up to history and all these things that he loves now wow. that had he had that calling his name, even though he didn't like it that much, yeah. had it been calling his name in our home 24 seven, he would have gone to do it because it would have been the easier thing to do. Um, so when you look back now, and then I have a 23 year old who's a musician, incredible musician, drummer and he does all sorts of stuff on the computer, but it's more video lighting work um, is what he does. He, he has said many times, mom, I would not be the drummer I am today had we had gaming systems in the house. Yeah. Isn't that so cool? <laughs> yeah, it is because they get to fill those hours. They don't immediately, their brain doesn't say, remember I I've adapted to that game. So that's what you have to go to, to make you happy. Right. It's just wide open for them to do these other things. So instead of going to a game, he would go play his drums for an hour, mm -hmm. you know, or go write music or go program a lighting on his lighting board or something like that, which is all the skills that he's using now in real life. Yeah. It's what so, they fill their time with is replaced yeah. with these other things that open doors and, you know, one door opens another door and that opens another door. And the gaming door is just a dead end. It's dark. It's, it doesn't really open any other doors. Um, th that that's what's so hard to explain to young moms and dads is the potential that your, your kids have. You'll never know. You'll, right. you'll never know. And they'll, they'll never know. And, and what you just said just made me realize and, um, you know, how important it is again, like we said in the beginning of the, 
the show and even on the last podcast, how important it is to seek out advice from other parents that have been through what you're going through. And I did an informal survey, I guess, um, a number of years ago, I asked, probably it was about 15 parents that my daughter um, has just graduated. And it was that they're older parents, you know, I asked them if they um, had to do it again, what would they do differently when it came to screens? And every single one of them said they would have not allowed as much screen time. And um, wow. many of the ones that had the video game said we never would have allowed it. It, it. it caused so much trouble. And so I can't find a parent, and there may be one out there, that said, yes, giving my son a video game was the best parenting decision I ever made. I just can't find that parent yet. And there's like a reason why we don't look back. You know, um, my son, my oldest son, he looks back and what he sees is, wow, I spent about 7,000 hours um, and I have nothing to show for it. So how depressing is that? You know, so wherever you are on your, your journey today, whether your your kids are five or maybe they're 15, you know, you can start making changes today because you don't have that many more weeks with your kids before they are off to college and they're they're out. And I just think it's fascinating um, that I can't find a bunch of parents to say, yeah, given a video game was the very best parenting decision I ever made. It's always the opposite. It's always, it was the worst parenting decision I made. And if I had to do it over again, I would just choose another pathway. Yep. I think that that should be a clue to all of us, you know? Um, and again, I went through it. I went through, and you did too. I went through having it and then not having it. And both my children and us, my husband and I see the positive of the not having it and realizing now, why didn't we ever do anything different? Yeah. You know, and we've been through it and there were seasons that were not easy, but, um, but worth it and short in relative to their whole lives. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And yeah. there's really no risk of not having it, but there's a ton of risk for having it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And, yeah. and, the, and, this, and the time goes by so fast, you know, um, with childhood and you know, people get tired of people saying that, but it's true. I mean, you know, you blink and your kids are grown and it's like they can't make something in Minecraft and put that on the dining room table to share with everybody. No. I mean, they have nothing to, yeah. to show for it. So and so let's talk just for a minute about um, in your book, you do list some alternative activities. What is the best way, I guess, for parents to just, you know, because I think sometimes it's hard for us to think of things to do with our kids. I, I do get emails from dads that say, okay, we're in the challenge. Um, I have a 15 year old son. What do I do with him? Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, I don't know where to start. Yeah. Yeah. That, well, I think you have uh, some lists on your website, don't you? Yeah. Melanie? Yeah. We, yeah. We have some lists there, but what are some, I, what are some things off the top of your head even just, just for, we won't worry about the little kids. Those are a little bit easier, but like a middle school child. Yeah. I would say um, anything outdoors, Yeah, right? They love the outdoors. Agreed. And even if they're not used to it, beginning to um, acclimate them to it, they will, they will start to love it, <clears throat> right? Because it's just yeah. what kid doesn't like the outdoors I once know. he gets out there. 
So anything in the outdoors, um, board games, mm-hmm. uh, chess, build something together. Right. If you're good at that, build something, create something together. I mean, honestly, my husband would say clean the garage. Together. Yeah. And I know that sounds silly, but there is a sense of accomplishment. Yes. Um, when you work hard and you have a finished product, right? Yeah. So do it together so that you have that social time, whatever project it is. And then afterwards you get to go to lunch together, or have a fun, you know, dessert treat or whatever. Mm-hmm. But really the biggest thing, if you're starting to make changes when they're teenagers, they're going to need your time, yes. whatever you do. They're going to need your time. And I, I like to call it sort of this, these together hobbies. And if as a dad, for example, you can think of a together hobby that might be fishing. It might be going to a ball game, um, or it may be collecting something. It might be building a model airplane, something that requires both of you, you know, to kind of do together that kind of covers a lot of other needs as well um, for those attachment needs that have been very weakened by too much game time. Playing a video game together with your son, though, that's a whole nother story. And um, I know that some dads really like to do that. And that can be, in fact, Olivia, why don't you talk just for a minute about when your spouse is not on board because they like to play video games. How, How would you answer that? Yeah, when we first started writing this book and we started getting stories, we were shocked even back then to get stories from wives who said things like, is it all right that your fiance wants to bring his video game system on our honeymoon? Oh my goodness. Yeah. (laughs) And that's when we realized, oh my word, there's already been a generation of young men brought up doing this and now they're getting married and they're not going to want to stop. They're going to want to keep doing it. And they, um, you know, they're not going to want to make changes in their life right now. So I think if you're, if you're not on the same page, I think the best way to start is just conversation and research and just say, Hey, can we talk about this? Mm -hmm. Can we look at the research together? Can we analyze it together? And it might come up with some great conversations. A wife recently told me that her and her husband had a great conversation about it. And he was saying, well, it's not any different than watching movies or seasons on Netflix, right? Mm -hmm. And they were able to sit down and just have that, well, how is it different? Mm -hmm. You know, what is different about it? And, you know, she was able to say, you know, you're right. Because a lot of these seasons, these shows on Netflix and right in the middle of something that's story driven is huge for me. And I have to be careful about that. So now let's talk about the gaming. You know, they were just able to have great conversations and make some basic new rules in their home. They didn't even have kids yet, but they were wanting to work toward what's it going to look like when they have kids. Um, So yeah, conversation and start that I wouldn't suggest that you do this without you being on the same page. You know, I would say at first have the conversations to try to get on the same page. Mm -hmm. And then even if you're not quite on the same page, try to find a place where you can jump and say, okay, well, we'll both agree with this. So let's start here kind of thing. If, if your gaming issues in your home are causing you and your spouse, or if you're a mom and it's causing you and your husband to fight and argue or to disagree or to just kind of get the rub going the wrong way there, you know, then there is a problem. Mm-hmm. And, and that is a sign. Um, if you're sort of arguing over the parenting style around this, then, then it means that your child is probably playing too much. Uh, otherwise, right. You wouldn't be arguing about it. And, and don't get me wrong. Some kids can skate through this 
pretty well. Like Adam, my oldest would say, uh, mom, you know, I had friends that they would just get bored after 20, 30 minutes on the game and yeah. they would just yeah. want to leave the game. And if that's the case, then that's probably fine. You're probably fine. Of course, you still have to watch out for the content and for what they're, they're doing. Sure. But, sure. um, but if you're struggling with your spouse and if y'all are kind of arguing about it, then I think the, the best thing is, is to read a couple of the books, you know, this book for sure. Uh, Breaking the Trance is good. Collapse of Parenting, all those that we have in our Screen Strong Book of the Month clubs are good. Um, many times, you know, dad maybe doesn't have time to read 12 books. <laughs> so, yeah, um, yeah. so then you've got to um, maybe direct over to the website. We have a, a tab where you can get a mini workshop and, you know, you've got to get some education and, but you got to Absolutely. do it in a way that you're both learning together because nobody yeah. likes to feel like the other spouse is telling them what to do. And it's, so there's some sensitivity around that. And no matter which, no matter, you have to remember too, that if, even if it's a 35, 40, 25 year old man, it's not his fault if he's feeling drawn to them. If he played them his whole life, yeah. he, you know, he's got those grooves. He's got those new adaptations in his brain where he's saying, I want to do that. Right. And, so, and it's not that it's all bad, but is that the best activity for your son who should be playing baseball or football? Instead, right. he's just sitting around, you know, most dads can understand that part of it, that the physical nature of a kid's life needs to be very, very present. Yeah. Boys, especially they're, they're, getting this weak syndrome where their testosterone is actually being downregulated. They're not producing enough testosterone because they're not using their muscles. And you can tell a dad that, and that will perk him up a little bit like, oh, wow, yeah. that makes sense. So maybe dad and son can do a workout together, you know, every other day, maybe you get some workout equipment in your basement and y'all get on a routine together. That's one of those sort of together hobbies that I'm talking about. There's just, no, it's true. Yeah. And you can say, you can say, well, let's do what's, let's talk about what's best for our family. So you can have a man who's like, I can play a little bit of video games. It doesn't interrupt my life, right. but you're a man. Right. Um, but let's talk about our kids. And is that really what we want for them right now. Yeah. You know? And if you're a dad and, and you can handle it, that's fine. But is it really mm -hmm. the best thing for your kid? And don't be allow, you know, don't allow that temptation if it's not. Yep. And we yep. And have your eyes open and we have to all get rid of our blind spots and our biases because that's what's hurting our kids. Yep. And we have to get clear with that. Livia, thank you so much. I'm, I'm like so excited that you were able to come back and that we were able to, to share all this. I know that you have also a fabulous open letter to a gamer, um, in your book. And we do have that on the site. We're making that available in the challenge is, as well, you know, cause it's like, what do you say to your kid? And y'all did yeah. such a great job with that letter and that's in, in here as well. So do you have any final, you know, words of wisdom from a very wise seasoned <laughs> ex-gaming mom. <laughs> That's a way of saying a very old person. No, no, no. <laughs> wise. No, I, feel, I feel like, whoo, I've been doing this for a long time. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I would just say I, I don't have any regrets and that should be so encouraging to you as a mm. mom, you know, that I look back and I feel so positive about those decisions that we made. Um, I will not say it was easy. I'll say because we started late like that, it was, I say to people, it was the hardest parenting decision I ever made. Hmm. And that's a 
big thing to say. Yeah. You know, you think about all the parenting, dating, you know, blah, 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 all these relationship things that you have to make as they get to high school. This one was the hardest. Yeah. Um, and because it was so counterculture and I, I, I just felt in, in my gut, I couldn't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And, and when I did and I jumped past that and we made changes, it was the best thing for our family yeah. and the best thing for our adult young men. Um, and they all agree. So that, that should speak loudly to our families out there who say, Hey, you, you can have the courage to do this. Yeah. Um, and you will be thankful in the end. Yeah. Wow. That is so encouraging to hear you say that, so. that it was yeah. the best parenting decision you made. Don't we want to be able to say that we don't want to come back in 10 years and say, Oh, this is the worst thing I ever did. No, a, good, a really great mentor, parenting mentor of mine said, Olivia, because I would say, this is so hard to make this decision. It's so hard. And I would cry at night sometimes because I was so tired, yeah. you know, of the conflict. And she would say, Olivia, when, when do you want to cry? Do you want to cry now because you're making the hard decisions and it's exhausting? Or do you want to cry later when you've lost your children yeah. to these things? Wow. And you're so sad that they don't have a fulfilled life. Wow. <laughs> it's like, well, when you put it that way, okay, <laughs> I guess I'll go ahead and just cry myself to sleep now. Yes. Oh, but there is you know? so much light at the end. But there is light. It made me think it's worth the exhaustion and the, the short period of change yeah. and the right decision for the, for the fulfillment later on and the happiness and the joy, you know, that comes later. I also think it's really important that, that you have a community around you. So you know, if you can get some other friends and have this conversation with them and get them to make some changes with you, it's so much easier if your friends mm -hmm. have other people to play with, right, that are having these same habits in their home. Um, so, you know, invite a neighbor to just do the seven day challenge, um, Melanie, which is, you know, I didn't have that. I didn't have a Facebook group that I could be a part of and, and get questions up there mm -hmm. or this challenge that was kind of walking me through day by day. So I really recommend that maybe you get two or three people and you all do the seven day challenge together. Yes. Um, and you have a big party together as families, you know, big cookout with fun activities and um, just begin to have that discussion and uh, create as many communities, create as many groups of families around you that you can that are kind of walking that same walk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a lot easier now than it was for me because back then, I really was the only one. <laughs> <laughs> you really get to say that, don't you? <laughs> I really do. Like, I really was the only one. And now, of course, many people are talking about this. And so you have just so many uh, resources to begin this process with other families that you know. Yeah, no, you're right. And really, actually, as a result of the wonderful material that you have in this book, I just want you to know that that's a big reason that was a big jumping off point for me when we started this organization. And so your work has really gone far. So thank you. Thank you yeah, so you, much. I was your community, right? For a little while. Yes, you were my community and I didn't even know you, <laughs> but I felt like I knew you. So now today I'm like so thrilled to actually know you and for us to yes. work together on this. Um, it's just been so helpful and you've helped so many families. Thank you again so much, Olivia, for coming on today. Well, thank you, Melanie, for all you're doing to, to tear the torch and keep moving forward. May many more do this.
I hope that everyone enjoyed listening today. Please remember to donate and subscribe and rate and share this podcast with your friends and head over to our website to learn more about our Screen Strong Challenge and make sure you join our Screen Strong Families Facebook group where we are here to help families just like you navigate their way around the best solutions to get their kids back and re-engage their life. Remember, we've got your back and we are here to help you. So until next time, Stand up for your kids, stand out from the crowd, and stay strong.